This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay, I'm really excited for this interview. We have Candace Horback here. You're, we were just talking before, and I felt like you were really a girl after my own heart. Like, you're just living in this life so curious. Do you feel that on a daily basis? I think so, too. And I was looking at your podcast and your little bio and like the about me and about the podcast. And I was like, we are kindred spirits. It's just <laughs> a couple of curious women um, who understand the messiness and complexity of people and of yeah. life and like kind of removing shame from that and replacing it with that curiosity. So I was really excited to come on today. Well, part of your story that's so fascinating, you just kind of touched on this, but you were a former porn star. And so like, as far as like messiness goes, or just human journeys like that, to me, I'm like, okay, this is fascinating. Like, I've never had the opportunity to really dig into this topic. And Chip and I, we um, each month, we have either a theme or a word this year, we're doing words. And so this month's word is expansion. And I was like, this is the perfect guest for this word. Because I think that, you know, as we go through life, it's like the things that we don't know about are really scary a lot of times. And so that's part of what I enjoy about this podcast is getting to talk to people who I wouldn't necessarily meet in any other capacity, um, but whose stories I can just learn from. And they've really helped me to just have some more mind expansion, you know? So I want to start. I'm like, how do how does one like wake up in the morning and go, you know what I want to do with my life is be a porn star? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> what does that look like? Can you talk us through that part of your life? So there's this quote by, he's a rabbi and I believe also a doctor, Mark Gaffney, and he says that sex is a journey and not an action. And I love that quote so much because I think you can look back at maybe your earliest experience with sexuality, whether it was just a vague thought that kind of passed by or like your first experience, whatever that was, and then compare it to where you currently are. And you can't help but see the evolution of that. Mm. So for me, I mean, and everyone else, it's this like living, breathing thing that's constantly evolving or expanding if we're going to go off the word. So from a young age, for probably a multitude of reasons, I was really fascinated with female sexuality and like the empowerment that can come from totally owning it unapologetically. And obviously at a young age, that's such a big concept like you don't fully understand the power of it or how you are necessarily going to achieve um like stepping into that you know inner goddess if you will but i knew when i saw women like tara patrick or pamela anderson i was like those women have something and whatever it is whatever they've kind of figured out i want to figure it out so i just naturally kind of gravitated towards that and then as i was getting older and older i just 
I mean, Craigslist was huge back in the day and I would see ads for joining the industry there. And I'm like, no, that's too scary. <laughs> Can't <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> so it would be there like this little voice in my head, but I would never kind of um, pull the trigger on it. So I started working at Hooters and um, through that was doing like centerfold bikini modeling, like hot rods and motorcycle bikes, that kind of thing. And through that, the industry is very blended. So there's more money the more you take off. So people like photographers will try to find someone that they think would do well and kind of pitch them other magazines or shoots or, um, or things of that nature. So I just had a connection that way. I okay. started um, webcam modeling, so I didn't show anything. It was just kind of like very Dita Von Teese, like teasy, but hiding everything. And I was like, maybe this is going to be my outlet. It was not. Um, there are a lot of demanding customers, if you want to say, on the other end. And I just am not a very agreeable person. Like, I just, uh, <laughs> it's not in my nature. Um, so it's like, I don't want this to be the interface. I want there to be a little bit more quality control as to what my experience is going to be. And there's no filter when you just like click go live on a chatting site. Right. Um, so I found a website that I had come across and I thought everything was real. Like it was back when we had the illusion that reality was reality and it mm -hmm. wasn't scripted. So it mm -hmm. was these blonde bombshells in Miami in this gorgeous mansion. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is basically like the Playboy Mansion, but Miami, I want to go do that. So I reached out to them and I was like, do I audition? How do I, how do, can I be a part of this? This looks like this has my name all over it. They're like, no, never audition. If someone's asking you to audition, go the other way. That's not a thing. Um, so please send us your ID and a couple photos and we'll go from there. I got approved and they flew me to Miami and the rest is history. <laughs> so, okay, wait. So you go to Miami and you're walking into this like mansion like so what happens then like that's so, i'm just like what <laughs> <laughs> so like to lift the veil a little bit it's not as real as everyone hopes and thinks that it right. is so you first go to the studio and there's like an hour worth of compliance and paperwork that you have to do you're tested beforehand for you know a host of stds to make sure everyone's safe then you go to um, hair and makeup and wardrobe, you meet whoever you're working with that day, and then you go to location. So there's different locations per shoot, like this um, website's called We Live, Live Together, so they tend to have like more set locations. But yeah, like gorgeous house in in Miami, you go, you shoot, it's, it's not real, I hate to break that to everybody, but yeah, you show up and there's very much like a, a quote script for, for how the scene is to go down. So that happens every single day, yeah. like every shoot you're getting tested. No. So you get tested once every two weeks. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got and it. are you, so like that was obviously one specific production company. Mm -hmm. So like you signed up to go do this one shoot with this company. And then are you like in contract with them or do you then like work with them for two weeks? Like you said, like, how does it go? So um, my case was unique because I had never been in the industry before. So they like to kind of take advantage of that. Like if you're not right. kind of diluted out there, they know that they can kind of capitalize on it. So I shot a few scenes during that trip. Those scenes ended up kind of like skyrocketing to like the most popular ones on the website. So then they brought me back and then it was kind of on an ongoing relationship from there. Um, I would say throughout my time in the industry, which is about like five-ish years like in the mainstream industry mm -hmm. um i had like three three or four different contracts which is kind of unheard of because most contracts kind of went away in like the early 2000s um, but for me that was always like a goal of mine i liked the stability that it provided i liked the sense of control that it provided and like predictability so that was kind of important for me but there was definitely there were moments where i was freelancing but from the majority of my career i was under contract okay and and in those contracts is it like you're it's already spelled out like this is how many scenes you're gonna do in the time frame of the contract so you're not being overworked just because you're signed for sure yeah there's a minimum and then you can always add additional if you want but you have the right to say yes or no to that and then you list your boundaries like these are the scenes i'm willing to shoot these are the ones i'm not these are how i'm pricing them out that kind of thing i love that 
<laughs> what do you love about that? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just love how structured it is because it's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, you know, to me, the whole thing about adult entertainment is like the people that are so judgmental of it are probably the ones that are driving most of the revenue. You know, it's like, it is the oldest job of time. And, um, you know, I think it's really beautiful that people can, can own their bodies and, and do with it what they want. And if someone's willing to pay for you, like you should be able to profit off of it and not have to worry about judgment. And, you know, it's like, it's very well known that it drive the porn industry drives technology advancement, like the VCRs, DVDs, streaming, like all of it is because of the demand for pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look, I, I do think there are people that get into trouble with it and you have mm-hmm. to like mind your P's and Q's and, and have a healthy relationship with it. But it's like, you know, anyone who looks down on someone that like owns their body and, and, um and, and is able to profit healthily from it. Like I have a problem with that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I love that you had the courage to do that and the wherewithal to be like, this is, this is what is exciting to me. And I'm curious about it. And it's, why is that any different than dentistry? You know, like <laughs> I don't want to work in someone's mouth, you know, like that's gross to me. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because you mentioned earlier, like the Pamela Anderson vibe, you know, like just how you looked at her and you thought she is someone who is owning her sexuality and you saw the power behind that. Did you feel that like when you first started filming, were you feeling powerful or were you feeling scared shitless? Scared shitless. Yeah. Yeah. That's a muscle that you have to work. And just because you're having sex on camera does not mean that you all of a sudden channeled your inner goddess and that you are this sexy bombshell. Like that is not the transition. So it's more, at least for me, um, like the the life cycle of that was because of, I guess, the extreme exposure. Like it was so unique. You know what I mean? You're kind of like literally getting thrown into the deep end of mm-hmm. sexual sexuality. It's like, okay, well, I can kind of learn what I like, what I don't like. And because you're in this setting where you are expected to perform, it's like, okay, I can I'm not embarrassed to to tap into certain things. Like maybe you're nervous if you're with a partner because you're like, is am I moaning too loud? Am I mm. trying too hard? What is he gonna think about this outfit and how I'm moving, whatever it is? But you're like, no, that's literally my job. So I can kind of experiment with how that makes me feel and try to find like my authentic sexual expression that way. So it's a ton of trial and error. But I think through like competence and repetition is when you get that confidence. So it's like the more you do it, the more aware of like what you want mm-hmm. becomes okay that's- did you feel like it translated in your real life like it made your like your sex life outside of work um more adventurous and and better for sure yeah and again it's because you it's- weren't having to you were dealing with all the like the embarrassment and stress at work and then you were able to come home and like have this really healthy outlook on what you actually really liked and enjoyed and felt like you were good at Exactly. Yeah. And it would, again, it's like some things that like maybe Candace was nervous to do in bed. Then I was like, I just turned on Eva and I was like, she's not. She'll, yeah. She's excited. <laughs> it's like your version of Sasha Fierce, like Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> well, so that was a question for me, though, because as a woman, like I just turned 40. I say, I keep saying I'm holding on to 40. I think I'm actually almost closer to 41. But um, when I turned 40, I think there is this like moment in a woman's life where you're really starting to kind of embrace your own sexuality and and lean into receiving more and like what I like. I don't know if that's true for every woman, but for me, it took me a little bit longer to not be so focused on my partner. But some of that is because I think it's really hard to get out of your head during sex. So I can't imagine doing it in front of people. Like you just said you were learning those things about yourself while people are watching like how many people are on set with you guys when you're filming i would say the smallest set i've ever been on is probably three people and that's one of those kinds of gonzo handicam kind mm-hmm. of things and then the biggest set was probably close in like the 50s like a really so i've been on some really big sets um like tons of extras tons of crews stunt pe- coordinators like all sorts of things um but for me Uh, coordinators i love it yeah yeah so we did um we did a kill bill parody and i got to be lucy lou which was my dream because i adore her yeah and um we had the 
original stunt coordinators for Power Rangers on set with like the full um, wires and the crane and like you got oh to go up in the God. air and do flips. It was amazing. That was what, probably my what best was that thing. film called? Um, it was it was Kill Bill Triple X. Okay, because I remember there. I used to live in Los Angeles, and there was a a gay porn theater. I don't know if it's still open. And I remember they had a party called Drill Bill, and that I thought was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Wait, I, I I have maybe an inappropriate question, but that's what I'm here for. Um, like. <laughs> Are they doing like getting like granular and putting like makeup on your vagina and stuff? Like, I need a touch up. Like, <laughs> only I did a Star Wars parody and I was painted blue, like one of those mm -hmm. I forget what they're called, um, with like the weird horns in the back. So that's okay. I think well, that's the only time my vagina's ever had makeup on it. So otherwise, it's just normal. <laughs> yeah, it's just no normal vagina. Yeah. What? Well, that kind of leads to like, what is the preparation? Like all of this is so vulnerable to me. Like I just think of, like I was saying earlier, like you're as a woman, I think when you're like, or maybe this is men too, but I think men are just a little more driven by the physical, but we have to get out of our heads. And I'm thinking about being in a bedroom with one person. So like if 50 people are watching me, I'm like, how do I just like drop down into my body and enjoy the moment? Like, what is that like? And how are you preparing for that? So some people and i'm definitely in that category like i am in my zone if i have an audience I, okay. i'm never more turned on like i love that voyeuristic element so that okay. is just what gets me going i know for most people it's quite the opposite right um, but for me that's kind of my thing so that's never really bothered me as far as like prep goes um like psychological prep i think the hardest i've ever done is when i was leaving the industry in like 2016 i left with like a pretty big showcase and i did like my first ever dp scene and that was like the most intense thing i've ever done i've always been like a very vanilla just pretty performer not really extreme and into kinks or anything like that um, but that was something i wanted to try and i was like i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna go do my own thing so um that was terrifying because it's like how do you know i've never done that in my personal right. life nor would i want to because the logistics of it like i don't want to get hurt i don't it just there's too much going on so it's like if i'm going to do this this is my opportunity so um yeah i just kind of had to like breathe th through it in the bathroom be like okay you've got this and if you need to stop you can stop and just like knowing at the end of the day i was kind of in control of that and it was it was awesome i had a great time i wouldn't wouldn't do it in again in like my real life like that's off yeah. the table but i'm glad that i did what if you had gotten into that situation and been like oh i hate this like is there a is there a scenario where you say okay stop and the whole production stops or do you have to follow through with it once y'all start oh no and then that's a huge misconception like at yeah. the end of the day like it's your body and it's something very vulnerable and it's yours so like whether or not there's a contract doesn't matter no law is going to ever hold that up so if anyone's listening like you are not bound by anything you can always say no yeah i would imagine there's some I, I, power in that like that's i'm yeah. seeing seeing like that being maybe where the power starts to set in of like this is my body i'm in control of what i'm doing and if you know that but unfortunately right. there's like a lot of young women specifically that don't and then they do mm. feel like well i said i would do this or maybe they want to take the scene a different way and if i don't i'm going to disappoint people um, women tend to be a little bit more agreeable and like not mm. want that confrontation so that's like an, an unfortunate reality within the industry so um I think a lot of it comes down to temperament. So like, are, are you someone who's comfortable saying no and really setting solid, safe boundaries for yourself? Or is that difficult? Because if you're entering into an industry like that, where like shit happens in every industry, right? People right. are vulnerable in every industry. I just think the people get so ruffled up about porn is because the potential of it to go extremely wrong is just more there than it is if you're working as a, like a waitress or a bartender um so before you get into something knowing that i think it's like really important that you like you practice safe healthy boundaries and get really like really getting comfortable with that before you kind of put yourself in a position where you can be more vulnerable 
If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off, and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I have a question. Could you um, sort of paint the picture of what it like the industry looks like on the inside and on a set? Like, is it like, is, is it all men? Are there a lot of women around? Does it feel like a safe space? So that is where I think the hangup is. You get a female makeup artist most of the time. Like sometimes you'll get some guys, but most of the time it's female. Um, You might have a female on set if she's working with you and there's maybe a handful of female directors. Other than that, it is like male, male, male. So usually you are significantly outnumbered. There's no intimacy coach, which to me is crazy because I realize that standard practice for mainstream film is they'll have an intimacy coach there to make sure um, everyone is comfortable. Again, boundaries safe. They run through everything to make sure everyone's like consciously consenting to everything. Um, They're there if something does happen, but there's not one where you are literally actually having sex. So why is that not a thing? That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. Uh, sorry, I'm still thinking about that one. Um, so as far as like, like, are you attracted to your partners in these films? So I think that my idea of attraction has evolved since I was in the industry. It used to be okay. very superficial, right? Like I'm either attracted or I'm not. But when I was working, I had a guest list of male performers I would work with. And for me on that scene, like the most important thing was that I felt safe and that they were being like respectful and professional. And um, I could trust that they didn't go out clubbing that night and maybe slept with someone unprotected. Mm. You know, like these things are really important to me. So I like I found that I was attracted to like their character or like how at least their character on set, like how they showed up and kind of like their energy on set and just appreciating that versus like, oh, he's super hot and I can't wait to do this scene. Right. Because like what would happen or like are you picking the partner or is that something that's like the production company picks and you agree to? Like what is that process like? Most of the time for most performers, they'll just send you who you're working with sometimes the night before. Again, you can always say no, but the problem is um, people don't like hearing no. So right. sometimes 
you feel like you can't really say it because you might be seen as difficult or you might not get recast. So there definitely can be some trouble that happens because of that. But typically girls will have like a no list. So so long as the person isn't on the no list, then kind of anything is seen as fair game. I had a yes list. So unless they were already pre-screened and on that list, they couldn't be on there. So then it kind of saved the hassle of like, is she going to approve him or not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said earlier, it's like scripted. I was on a reality TV show. And so I'm always kind of explaining to people because it's not like scripted where they hand you a script and say, Kelly, say this. But it's like, hey, we need you to hit these beats. And this conversation is about that. Like you need to go in there and y'all need to touch on this. Mm-hmm. And so however we get there is kind of on our own, but we have to hit those beats. Like what does a script look like for a porn filming? So for the big parodies, there's actually script, there's actually lines, and they do like you kind of stick to them for more of the reality or gonzo things. It's more of like, you're going to be doing the dishes and all of a sudden, like your (laughs) neighbor's going to walk in and, you know, and then it goes from there. And then they'll usually kind of have um, like a vision board where you have like (laughs) positions you have to hit. So like, we want you to do this for three minutes and this for three minutes. And it's gotten a lot more scripted than it used to be. Wait, how do you know what you're doing for three minutes? Like, is there a clock somewhere that you're watching? It's usually the men that are in charge, thank God. And they are true professionals. Like, they've got it down to a science. So I just have them, like, move me whenever it, it was yeah, time for something time. else. Yeah. That sounds so stressful. Like, how, you, <laughs> do you actually enjoy the sex ever? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure, sometimes. And are people actually having orgasms ever? Yeah, sometimes, for really? sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not, it's not anyone's priority, right? Like no one gives a right. shit. You do. Like the guy behind the camera is like, we ha- we have to be out of location by 5 p.m. So let's <laughs> get this done. Yeah. Um, but oh it's, my it's God. a bonus. It's a good bonus for sure when it does yeah. happen. That's like a good day at work. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> some positions, like, let's be honest, like we've all seen porn and some positions it is impossible. Like maybe it looks amazing for the viewer, but it's just not happening. Right. Yeah, it's like full on calisthenics. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that's like one of the biggest things I always or you know, in conversations with my girlfriends about porn, it's like one of the biggest things. And I think are that women complain about about porn. And I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but like it's definitely feels more geared to like what a man would want because we're like, okay, who would, I don't want to get pounded. Like the sex is not really like geared to maybe what would get a woman off all the time. It's more Mm -hmm. like, and then guys are watching that coming home being like, Hey babe, like, let's go. I want to like, you know, whatever that would be called jackrabbit you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that doesn't feel good to us. So like, what are you, what do you say about all of that as far as like maybe some of the frustrations from people about porn in that capacity? I totally understand the frustration. I think when it comes to porn, it's important to remember that men are like they represent over 90 percent of the consumers. So, of course, it's going to be made for the male gaze. If you right. if you watch hetero porn or if you're watching gay porn, it's shot v- almost identical. Like it's so it's not about misogyny or defiling the woman because it's shot just as. Um, kind of invasive on on the gay end as well. Like they're very similar shots and that's just because of what tends to turn on a typical male brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not, there's nothing negative really happening. It's just what they realized what sells. Um, as far as the actual motions go, you have to think if you were having sex, how you typically would, and this again goes like straight or gay, you're not going to see as much as you would need to see for the consumer to like understand what's really happening. It's going to look more like a Showtime film. And then mm-hmm. again, that's not going to really attract dollars or eyeballs. So right. it kind of has to be shot at those like jackrabbit, really like intense in and out, like thrusting things so that you can see everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not because it feels good. I'm sure it doesn't even re- like feel great for the male performer, but it's just for visuals. So I think it's important to remember it's entertainment and it's mm-hmm. not an instruction manual. But at the same time, if you see a position, you're like, that looks really fun. It's kind of like if you had a Kama Sutra book and you wanted mm-hmm. to try something. So I think you should always be open to it and like remain curious and playful. And if your partner brings something to you, like not to discourage them or shame them or make them feel embarrassed, but like let them and then next time it's your turn. You know what I mean? Like kind of right. like that back and forth. 
I love that though. It's, it's just entertainment. It's not like a rule book or a guidebook necessarily. And so then you can look at some of the things and be like, well, let's try that and see if it's fun, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like, this is how you have sex. And if you're right. not having sex that way, then like, what's wrong with you? Or this is boring or something like that. Well, yeah, it's, I like, think it's like the fast and the furious is not how you should drive either. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's a great, but we had reason. proper driver's ed and I think we haven't right. had proper sex ed. So that's, that's where so the confusion true. happens. Right, yeah. Right. That's so true. Okay. Well, so there's so many stigmas around porn in general. And I think the conversation is so divisive. It's like, is porn bad for relationships? Is it good for relationships? Is it good for our brains? Is it bad for our brains? Like no one really seems to have a, you know, a definitive answer. Where do you stand on all of that? I think it's that old adage that the difference between a toxic and a tonic is the dosage. And I think okay. that that's true for most things. Is food a problem for some people? Absolutely. Is food a problem for most people? No. Is porn a problem for some people? Absolutely. Is porn a problem for most people? No. So it depends on the user and how you're using it and how much of it you're using. So it's like anything else. I mean, if you look at Instagram, I think it was last year they released the files because they were trying to create uh, a sister platform for like teenagers for like 13 and under. It ended up getting disapproved because of the the studies that came out and sh were showing the mental well-being of young girls. And it was catastrophic as far mm. as um, thoughts of depression, thoughts of su suicide, eating disorders, confidence. Um, all of these things were tanking in, in young girls. So like, no, we can't do this. But we don't see anyone getting riled up or asking if Instagram is moral or not. It's just we still have this shame that's residual around sexuality. So that's why it just gets so easily inflamed when you bring it up in a conversation. But to be fair, you would have to compare it to other modalities. So again, you'd have to compare it to social media, compare it to alcohol, tobacco. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, it's kind of the responsibility of the user to make sure that they're consuming something within a healthy level. So is it healthy for relationships? It absolutely can be. It can be the best way to spice things up, to break you out of your routine, to provide you with some um, new ways to connect with your partner. And it doesn't involve bringing someone else into the bedroom, right? Like it kind of can spark your like creativity in that way. Now, if you have someone that's overindulging in it and they're taking care of all of their needs and they're never connecting with you sexually, I can see how you can see the porn is the problem, but the porn is not the problem. That's kind of the the symptom that's showing up. The problem is connection. So you have to ask, why is my partner avoiding connection with me? Have I done something to maybe show that I'm not interested? Is he not interested in me for some other reason? Mm -hmm. Is he ha right? Like you have to sit down with them and see like what's really happening at the bottom of everything and not blame the symptom for the issue. Otherwise, something else is going to replace the porn and you're not going to fix totally. the problem. That that makes so much sense to me because I, when I look back at my relationships, like if porn has ever been an issue or an, a case of an argument for us, it wasn't the porn that bothered me. It was the secrecy. So it was like actually a block of intimacy that was happening versus like, oh, you want to look at another woman naked. Like that's not that wasn't the thing that was setting me off. Does that make and sense? No, 100%. And I would ask, and I would ask a lot of listeners, because I know I've fallen into this category. It's like, mm -hmm. how many times have you offered a safe space where they could trust you to come to you with that information? Because totally. I know that there were times where my partner would come to me and there would he's like, I'm not going to do it because I know how she's going to react. So mm -hmm. I also didn't give him like he didn't trust that he could confide in me so it, mm -hmm. it goes both ways so yeah. if you want that vulnerability and that honesty you can't punish them when they do come to you with with what's going on yeah we had a dominatrix on a couple of months ago and she was talking about that because some of her clients I, I asked like do their partners at home know about you or not know about you and with the ones who came to her and they didn't know it was because they didn't feel safe and I was saying like that would be a really like it's a, it's like the fear starts driving us all like, well, what does it mean if, you know, and I think we can get in our own heads and like either go to our own sense of self-worth gets challenged or whatever that is. So it is something that like we have to really work through within ourselves mm -hmm. and with our partners. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's really interesting. Well, speaking of partners, you are married and you, yes. you guys were together throughout your, uh, your career in porn. And so how did that work? 
um it was it was really tough to navigate we didn't have anyone to ask we didn't never knew anyone that was in the industry that was married or entering it um together like usually people would meet on set and then that's how their relationship would be established so kind of entering that without a clue was super difficult and it demanded a ton of again trust on both ends to be able to have really difficult conversations um, allow him to express what he was going through because honestly he probably went through more than I did it's weird I feel like our society and our friends and just who we kind of like found ourselves surrounding ourselves with judged him more than they judged me and the narrative was like you let her do this Mm -hmm. and he's like i didn't let her do anything like she is has full agency to make her own decisions um so that concept always always gets me a little bit like flustered because it's almost like i'm not a full person with the capability of making my own decisions but um it was a conversation for over over two years before I actually did my first boy girl scene and like what does this look like and he essentially got to the point where he was like I don't want to give you an ultimatum I don't want there to be resentment down the road if this is something you really feel like you need to go experience then go experience it and I'm going to try to be here for you on the other side I can't promise you because I don't know how I'm going to Mm. respond to this but I'm going to try and for me I just kind of had this maybe naive confidence that we would figure it out so I never really felt like it was a real risk to the relationship even though it was it wasn't easy um and thank god i'm married to the man that i am because he's like the most zen self-aware person that just really truly leads into discomfort on a Mm. level i've never seen so obviously we we made it it worked out but it certainly isn't for the faint of heart right and now you guys have two boys and so i'm curious like I mean, specifically with young boys, like, how are you going to have those conversations? And like, what do you, what do you feel like navigating that will look like with them? So we have no clue how it's going to happen. It's really important that we're the first people to kind of introduce that idea to them. Like, this is kind of mom's past. I don't want someone to like, just put an iPhone in his face and him be taken aback and have no clue because that's not right. fair to him or to them. Um, but it's it's introducing our values and principles at age appropriate points. So for example, my three-year-old, he's already super curious about his body. So he's asking like, what is this? What is this? And we give him the, f- the accurate terms or like, this mm-hmm. is your penis. These are your testicles. And he's like, oh, what, what, do, what do they do? And we, we just answer like, there's no shame around your body. So that's like where we're introducing like this foundation right now at this age. It's like, there's no shame. You're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to like explore, you know, and be like, what is, what's the purpose of that? Um, he like, walks around the house naked half the time or like swims naked there's no shame around the naked body um and obviously we give him like rules like you can't go to target naked that's not okay like this is your safe container and you can you can be there be like that here um as far as like how do you treat people or do you treat people like a bully are you unkind are you intentionally trying to cause pain by showing someone something that you know maybe they're not supposed to see there is material that are that is for adults only that this falls in that category he shouldn't be showing you he shouldn't be watching it himself um healthy boundaries you're allowed to say no i'm not going to look at your phone that's not for me i was a whole person before i had children i was a sexual person before children after children i'm still a sexual person and that's my right to express that how i want um you you know it's a it's a super complex thing and thing also it's super critical that he has that relationship with his father and then they have that you know Mm. sacred masculine space where they're allowed to talk shit about me to their dad and truly express how they might not want me to hear and see or whatever and then them to kind of have that between them and work it out there as well so it's we'll we'll tell you when it happens i have no idea i just know i'm i love them to death and i hope that they don't feel shame around me or their or their own bodies and that they are able to kind of set their own healthy boundaries when someone is acting out of line right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you ever, I'm assuming, are they in school yet? I guess you said he's three, right? Yeah, he goes to like a pre-K. Okay. So what, like, what's your relationship with the other moms? Do they know this about you? When they find out, are they like, what in the, like, do you, like, are you getting judged all the time? So my close friends that have kids, like, already knew. So we, you know, were friends before children. But as far as the school moms, I don't think anyone knows yet. I know it's a matter of time and I have... I have no idea that uncertainty really is something that I struggle with a lot because I'm getting more involved with school mm-hmm. and we have these chat groups going on. And I'm like, when am I going to get kicked out of the chat group? Like, I'm just waiting <laughs> for that to happen. Right. Where I go to text someone, and they're like, you are blocked from this, right. from this group <laughs> chat. I yeah, I was just wondering if people like women specifically would feel threatened around you, like if that would be heightened for you. I think probably, unfortunately. And yeah. again, you know, it has nothing to do with me and that's easy to say, but it's still going to suck. Um, I guess where I get more emotional and like hope that it doesn't go a potential dark route is where they tell, you know, their kids that they can't play with mine. Right. Right. It's going right. to suck. Yeah. Well, I would imagine a lot of that would probably come from their insecurities around their husbands being attracted to well, you or not yes. who you are. And like, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm... I don't, I don't know your, your past, but like, you're obviously incredibly intelligent and well-spoken. And I would hope that that is what they receive and they can see past that because let's face it, there are people like on paper that, you know, seem perfect because they, their job or or what they're supposed to do, but they're fucking terrible people. And they stay (laughs) in the chat group because, you know, it's like, Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just would hope that the people that you're around and that your friends or that your kids are friends with, like, are just better people than that. You know, it's I you 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 are defying any sort of stereotypes that I would have had, um, and you know, I think that that's that's why it's important that we like. I don't like to walk through life with judgment. I do think that like society forces judgment on people, and we have to make choices to like what we want to believe and how we want to conduct ourselves as human beings. And it's important to have conversations with people that are stepping outside of the comfort zone and doing things that are making themselves curious and discovering what's going to make you a whole person because it makes it really real. And it, you know, it's, I I don't know. Like I'm just like, I'm thrilled by this conversation because I think that like (laughs) you're, you're, you break the mold. Like, and it's like, I love that you have a podcast and you're out there like sharing your knowledge with the world and, um, so fuck anybody who, fuck anyone who kicks you out of the, the <laughs> <Thank> because <you. laughs> that's on them. 
<laughs> well, I have a question kind of in line with that, but maybe a little bit. It's just more about the stigma. Like, I think when people look at people who do porn, they're like, what happened to them as a child? Like, what is the, do you hear that a lot? Is that mm-hmm. true? Is that true for part of your story? Like, we don't know much about your backstory, but so is it tied they- together? They've done studies where they've kind of compared control groups and then people that were in some sort of sex work and like there's essentially no difference. The only differences were that the people that were in some form of sex work had more um, more sexual partners, obviously Mm -hmm. um, increased risk for STDs, obviously, and more self-confidence. So, again, it goes through like the more exposure you have, the more confidence you can get you can gain in whatever, you know, trade that you're in. But um, as far as did you come from abuse or are you a drug user? Are you experiencing homelessness? Whatever those things are, there's no difference between the the control group and the sex workers. Um, For me, I did have an abusive household growing up. I didn't have a dad for the majority of my childhood. So people are like, ha, aha, of course. Right. But you know, that's also 50%, not the abuse part, but like ex- having no dad in the home, that's about 50%, unfortunately, of most people. Um, so it's not like 50% of people are in porn or in right. sex work. Yeah. Right. So that's just how the chips kind of fall for me or fell for me. Um, I think also, I mean, like you can't deny that not having a dad would kind of create some kind of sub- subconscious message of trying to get some kind of male validation, validation or relation. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't deny that whatsoever. But I mean, you could look at anything. Our the reason that we are who we are is. A, a constellation of events. Mm-hmm. So to kind of pinpoint one thing doesn't really make sense. It's like you're almost intentionally trying to connect dots to serve whatever narrative that you want. So mm-hmm. I can't say indefinitely it was because my dad left when I was little. No, it's it's a host of things. And also, I've really like done a lot of thought exercises and I joked with my husband um, where there was this movie on Netflix. It was, um, what was it? It was like the girl, there's two ver- two life stories that she was living out and it was essentially no matter what you end up where you're supposed to be and oh was, was it everything everywhere all at once no it was that one's no, so bad too it was this like little blonde girl and she was kind of trying to become a cartoonist okay but essentially the point was like no matter what your life is going to kind of fall into place mm-hmm. and for me i was like no matter what i was going to end up naked on camera like that was part of my journey 100 yeah, yeah i just i just know that in my bones the only things that would have changed are maybe like certain structures of business deals or maybe like timings of certain things um not nothing like really consequential Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so interesting. And that to me, that is what the word expansion really kind of invites people to question is like, like we all have these journeys. And like you said, it's mapped out and it may be like yours looks like being naked on camera. Well, mine might have looked like something completely different, but it's a similar type of like seeking or, you know, chasing the things from our childhood that we're trying to close out or whatever it is, but it's part of our journey. And I think it's so interesting that we get so judgy of other people's journeys to that. Like as long as you're to me looking at this like growth process of how do I evolve? How do I like get to my next thing? Um, it's all really important. And it's not my place to say, well, Candace, you should not have done porn to get there. Like if that's what gets you to get closer to you, great. You know, like it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? No, it, it totally does. And by looking at someone else's mess, you're not focusing on your own. So exactly. we almost do that as a distraction. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. It's called Chatting with Candace. I love your description. I'm just going to read it really fast. It says, I believe that life is messy and that's okay, that thinking for yourself is rare but necessary, and that we should always be expanding our curiosity. This podcast aims to have conversations that are thought-provoking and challenge you to become a critical thinker. So talk a little bit about the podcast. What kind of guests can people look to find on your podcast? I have everything from porn stars to neuroscientists to best-selling authors um, to mathematicians to people that are in politics. I mean, it it goes everywhere. I recently had um, someone on and we did we talked about psychedelics. I would say a lot of the upcoming guests are really getting into like the divine feminine and mm. kind of like sexual expression and um, like more in 
in that female energy find your goddess kind of category. Um, I've had relationship experts on. So it's really whatever I'm kind of like digging into at at that moment, like whatever is like really sparking my curiosity and I'll get a whole bunch of people and then switch topics or maybe find someone new and then kind of, you know, go on the topic based off of an individual. So it totally depends. Yeah. I was listening earlier. I cannot remember the doctor's name. Laura starts with a P maybe. But she was talking about different kind of sex research that's happening right now. And it was fascinating. And I can't remember her name. So it's not. Oh, um, Dr. Prouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. a great episode. Um, It's pretty. I feel like it's pretty in line with what a lot of the stuff we talk about on here. And it's just the same thing we're saying. It's just expanding people's minds and staying curious in life. And like, what is life here to show us? What are the lessons? So you guys go check that out. It's called Chatting with Candace. I will um, put the description in this podcast. I want to ask you one more question. What is a way in your life right now that you feel like you are expanding? So I'm heavily focusing on the podcast and that's kind of the evolution. When I made the decision to share, like, I'm Candace, I'm not Eva, you know, with my mm-hmm. fans and with the public, that was a huge step for me and no one had really done that before. Um, so I guess the purpose of that was to kind of like drive home Candace is the real person and Eva exists on set and Mm. I'm like so much more than what you can google and just trying to kind of showcase that um my husband and I focus every year on doing something new that kind of challenges us and brings us together a little bit more in a new unique way so this year we're doing this thing called fit for service and it's with aubrey marcus and um like his whole crew so we have like three summits this year and there's like weekly uh, coaching calls and it's just really focusing on the relationship and for us um just like intimacy like how can we get like radical intimacy because obviously you're with someone for over a decade you think this is it we have reached this you know the top of the mountain and it's like no there's always deeper you can go into a relationship and there's always more intimacy to be found it's like how can we do that and especially after having a, you know a second kid and that baby is still very young reestablishing that connection so that's kind of the theme of this year and expanding through that way I love it. Well, yeah. And being a mom too, I'm sure that adding the second child is always a journey of expansion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Candace, thank you so much for being here. I loved talking to you. This was fascinating to me. Um, Tell the listeners where else they can find you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. I really appreciate it. Um, So you can follow me on um, any of my socials. You can go to chattingwithcandice.com. It has all of my Candice socials and the podcast. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can find me at fallinlovia. You actually have to type it in because I'm shadow banned under the old regime and no one will remove it. So yeah, you actually have to type out the whole thing to find me there. Okay. Well, we'll put all of that in the description of the podcast, like I said. And again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.